0: 104.7 The Cave, KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, it's time for Ned Talk.
1: It is a very warm and balmy Sunday afternoon. I know my friend Ned Reynolds enjoys this type of weather. Are you mowing today? did
2: yesterday as well. Yeah, I why. did too.
1: I got the, uh, the I don't know what to call it, the meadowlands that I had in my backyard <laughs> mowed down. So I got it all taken care of. How, how is yours?
2: Is it staying in but, good shape? Oh, heavens no. It's It grows at, uh, well, in incremental proportions as to what we have with the rain, but that happens to be a very accelerated increment. My goodness sake, thick and difficult to mow, and it clumps. That really, that bothers me. And then, me then you really. have to rake.
1: It's uh, a full hour there, of lawn talk today, by oh, right. the way. There are. are
2: some who do, there's moi who does not.
1: <laughs> I, I, I didn't rake and it killed part of my lawn, so I uh, I was quite mad at myself. John Oliver's with us again today. John, how are you? I'm doing well. I,
3: I haven't mowed yet, so I'm going to have to take care of that.
1: <laughs> You're going to be in trouble, buddy. You're going to have to bail that and get it out to the cattle at some point. Josh Roberts, Josh, how are you? I'm doing great. I don't mow. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a concrete yard so. yeah right <laughs> so let's talk about the biggest story in all of I guess it's the biggest story in all of sports wouldn't you say coach K stepping down gonna, no, it's know, certainly it's, a story.
2: it's it's among the big stories uh stepping down at the end of this forthcoming season mm-hmm. uh he'll have had 42 years of coaching at Duke great my gosh L- look at what he's done 12. 12 Final Four teams, five national championships, and including that three Olympic gold medals. Hey, the man has achieved everything, almost everything you could possibly do. He's the all-time winningest uh, college basketball coach uh, more power to him. He, he'll be 72 years old. No, I beg your pardon, 74 years old. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's getting up there, isn't he, guys? <laughs> do not make any comments here. Uh, by the same token, though, he, he feels uh, he feels that the time has come, and he had his coach-in-waiting there on the staff with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, John Shire will do a very good job. I'm convinced he will.
3: What are, What are your thoughts on this, John? Uh, You know, a lot of times we look at coaches and players and we say, you know, are they retiring at the right time? Did they hang on too long or did they did they, you know, cut it short with uh, Coach K? Honestly, I think this is perfect timing. As Ned mentioned, he has nothing else to prove. He's got all of the accolades. And yes, he's 74, but based on what we know about most people and I believe coach K is in fairly good health he'll have some time to just enjoy himself and look back on everything he's accomplished so I think it's the perfect timing for him
1: Josh uh, are you a coach K fan at all or are you one of those haters no, well I, I I was thinking about this while
4: you guys were talking I've spent years <laughs> hating duke <laughs> <laughs> but I've always respected coach K because he's because of his accomplishments I mean you cannot deny that he is one of the greatest college basketball coaches ever and then to add to that repertoire he like ned said he's won gold medals with the US Olympic mm-hmm. team Uh, yeah, I've never been a Duke fan, but I, I would say that I, I respect Coach K and and he's had an amazing career.
2: Excuse me for interrupting. Keep in mind when he took over that job in 81, he had a couple of very down years when he he started. He didn't start out as a big winner. Oh yeah. But he built the program into what he thought, what he thought, what his his mentor taught him to believe. And when your mentor is Robert Montgomery Knight you <laughs> yeah. at, at the U.S. Military Academy, you do have a, a certain element of discipline about what you do and direction in what you teach. And that's the element that he brought forth at Duke. Yeah, he's had big winners and all that. And I know that kind of irritates some of the fans when somebody's always winning the way Duke has. But by the same token, he's a very bright guy. Very yeah. bright.
1: Duke didn't have a great season this year. They were um, not... In the top 25 for most of the season. They didn't do well in the tournament. Um, Maybe he sees the writing on the wall, especially with... They always have good incoming recruiting classes. But do you think maybe that he was like, yeah, maybe it is time to leave now. I'm not getting the recruits
2: that i need joe i don't think that's the case uh it is in a, in one singular respect i don't think he's a fan of the the portal yep. the transfer portal oh, oh, yeah and that's not going to change he's mm-hmm. not the only one as see roy williams uh, stepping down at north carolina of course his is immediate and I think that transfer portal, I'll tell you who else is not in favor of it, and this will come as a surprise, is Calipari. And that's oh, how he Calipari. recruits. Hmm. Yep, but look at this, they're losing players. And again, I understand, since we were all young once, how when you look at things at that age, oh, like look what I can do over here at Podunk USA, I can be <laughs> All-American, all that. The grass is always greener, gang. Always greener. Hey, my degree's from Podunk, USA. So please, <laughs> please, please, please,
1: he's going to stay on for this year, and his replacement
2: is uh, John Shire. No, so is was, that a
1: surprise?
2: You know, the media would like you to believe it is, but I think the guy was a coach in waiting all along. Uh, Seven years he's been an assistant. He was captain of a championship basketball team. Good player, not a great player, but a good player. A guy who is. Probably been, I'm assuming this anyway, associate head coach and recruiting coordinator. I thought uh, he knows uh, what to do. But, yeah, the media would have you believe, well, look at all these others. Well, you can say that about anybody, for heaven's sake. <laughs> well, there's the problem I have it, with I writers. thought
1: jo- Johnny Dawkins was kind okay. of waiting. the man in waiting for that job.
2: Dawkins and uh, the coach at uh, Harvard, who is a former Duke and Tommy Amaker, and, yeah. and player like, hey, you can pick out anybody. Oh, yeah. But is, is Dawkins coaching somewhere else now? I must admit I don't know. Yes, he is. He's uh, either Central Florida or South Florida or one of those places. That's got
1: there. to be the reason because Dawkins sat next to him on the bench for years he did. and maybe he just thought I'm, you know, my time's running out to become a head coach, so he went somewhere else because I think everybody was saying and of course nobody knows what's really going on inside the organization that that he's the guy as long as he sits in the
2: seat next to Coach K. Well, uh, Amaker falls into that same circumstance. He's coaching at Harvard, and he has had the Harvard team as Ivy League champs in the tournament and won games in the tournament. And this is with limited uh, recruiting, like there is none. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) Dawkins is at UCF. That's, That's in central it? Florida. Central then. Florida, yeah, yep. yeah yep. central because he's the counterpart to Coach Abe. Yes, you know, I sure.
4: think mm-hmm. I think Grant Hill should be the next dude. Grant,
2: Grant Hill is another mm-hmm. great product from down there, but I don't think he wants to get into coaching. He yeah. has too much of a deal with the the media. Yeah, Christian Leitner nope uh, there's no way that's a <laughs> divisive figure there
1: <laughs> well i we've lost a couple of big college basketball coaches in the last month or so you know roy williams and uh coach k and that's going to change the complete face of the yeah. unc duke rivalry
2: and the acc period because yes. these are two of the dominant teams in that conference and yeah it, it will for at least for now change the look at how things go but by the, uh, by the same token, when you take a look at the ACC and the makeup of those teams and, and the schools in that conference, you have a very good level of athleticism in football, in basketball, and in baseball. I they've had national champs down there as well. So when you when you take a look at the overall scope of things, sure, the faces will change, but I don't think the level of athleticism will.
1: You're listening to Ned Talk on four point seven, The Cave, your local live sports talk show. We're with Ned Reynolds. Josh Roberts, John Oliver, I'm Joe Weston, and we're talking about Coach K. He's retired. Does that put Calipari at the top of the heap now, or who who are you looking at? I know Bill Self probably goes into that category too, but Bill Self's probably got some uh,
2: some unhappy times ahead of him well, here. There's there's another one who you're overlooking is Rick Pitino.
1: Yeah, Pitino. Well. Yeah, there is Patino oh, right
2: now. Iona. Uh, in prison? No, 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 no. <laughs> That's where <laughs> he's coaching the Iona Gales. Yes, that's and, right. And he oh, yeah. had them in the tournament this year. Oh, yeah. well, that's right, yeah. He's a guy's, yeah, he has a shaky reputation, understand that. Not Whoa. necessarily from a recruiting standpoint, but just shaky, period. Uh, but he is a brilliant individual. He is, yeah. Oh,
4: yeah, he's a great coach.
2: I think you're overlooking
3: one name, too, that's Who's kind that? of the dark horse. Mark Few. Yeah, Phil yeah, mean,
4: Gonzaga has
3: been a powerhouse for many years now. He's
1: just not a name that trips off your tongue though.
3: It, it's Am not, I, but it, I think he will be. I just powerhouse
2: Well, Well, yeah, Gonzaga has been. been. Yeah, he's right about that. (laughs) National champs, what, three years ago? Or Mm -hmm. a runner-up to national champs three years ago, missed out on it. And and Few was uh, an assistant coach who was elevated to uh, the head coaching position. I think this is the only job he's ever had, Mm -hmm. and he likes it. One of the reasons that he doesn't, the name doesn't fall off is because of their location. Spokane, Washington. uh, (laughs) You just don't get a lot of publicity from out of there.
1: So let's stop and talk about the three guys that we mentioned being at the top of the heat Calipari, Patino. This is all hard to say. Try to say three times fast Self, Calipari. Patino, <laughs> mm-hmm. All three of them have shaky reputations. Mm-hmm. This is what's at the top of our coaching heap in college basketball right now. When you look at Roy Williams and Coach K, neither one of them
2: had shaky reputations. What's your thoughts? Well, you make a very good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, though, what constitutes a shaky reputation? Patino's case is more, well, it's, it's, it's both recruiting and in uh, uh, social behavior Calipari is more from the method in which he coached and yeah. recruited. It's, it's not necessarily one of illegality. As a matter of fact, I have a very close friend who told me, a close friend you guys would know, a former NCAA employee who said he's never met anybody who knows the rule book better than John, John Calipari. Calipari. He <laughs> I studied it. He knew every single little subtle venue that he could take, and he wasn't doing anything wrong. Uh-huh. It was everything he could possibly do. So uh, again, I think it, it, it probably the definition of shaky reputation, same with uh, the with self at Kansas. So far, he's escaped. All we've had are the suggestions that their team is going to be uh, penalized. whereas the, the coach at uh, Arizona who blatantly, blatantly <laughs> paid his players <laughs> on the telephone. Hey, I'll give him 100000 to come here. That's not going to make it, gang. And he's out now, and some of the others as well. i tell you, the one who does escape more than anything else is the coach at Auburn. That guy has circumvented every kind of...
1: Jim Bam?
2: No, no Bam, Syracuse. No. Syracuse, sorry. No, uh, uh, the Auburn coach was at Iowa now. I've forgotten his name. Why have I blown it? We Pearl Bruce Pearl. Bruce oh, Pearl. Bruce Pearl, there yeah, Bruce I mean, Pearl. He, he yeah, has. Tennessee. Oh
4: yeah, he was at <laughs> Tennessee too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. it
2: was a Tennessee when we uh-huh. pl- the Bears played them down there. Yes. Our first telecast on uh, KY Three. Stucky and I were down there, and uh, and Pearl had been here at Hammond Center uh, as the as the coach at Wisconsin Milwaukee when they were in a turn uh-huh. the heck they won the thing down here. They won our uh, holiday tournament. He a very good coach. Recruiting very much in question, and <laughs> yeah. then one of these—I think the assistant coach fell on the sword for him when he got nailed by the FBI for illegal bribes and uh, per. Oh, I don't know anything about this at all. Now I'll have to fire that man. My right. <laughs> fireman pay him off. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, if if I can add a
3: bit of reality to this situation, too, all of these coaches have been accused of improper benefits, improper recruiting. I honestly think and. I've had conversations with student athletes at many schools where you wouldn't think this was going on. I think it goes on everywhere. I think we're so ignorant to believe that any program is squeaky clean of this. There will always be boosters there will always be folks with money and there are always improper benefits being given out. And I, I'm going to honestly say that's at any school.
1: Roll tide roll. <laughs> I, t- <laughs> I, I'm not naive to believe that it doesn't happen everywhere, but these guys have kind of, you know, been caught with their hand in the cookie jar. Well, and that's yeah. the
3: thing, you know, you you cross the wrong booster or person and that gets into the national media. If, you've, if you're on a good relationship with the folks that are quote unquote buttering your bread then that may never come out, and it may not, you know, hit that level.
2: Isn't it really, when you think about it, the unwritten rule and law of all of athletics, you'll do anything to get a hit? Oh, course. Hey, look, I'm going to bring up another one that'll rankle uh, our, our host, our, our producer over here. Look at it in baseball. The sign, <laughs> sign stealing with the Houston yep. Astros. Yep. Why, why did it happen to them? Because I got caught. Right. Come right, on. Exactly. Well, everybody's they were, been doing it.
1: Yeah, well, they've been doing it. They went to a whole new level. too. That's true.
2: Admittedly, they did, and yes. that's why they got caught. But everybody's doing it. Come Absolutely. On. It's been going on since 1901. So. Well, let me say,
1: if everybody jumped off a bridge, <laughs> Ned, would you jump off a bridge too? <laughs>
2: It does not condone the fact, but but what it does say what it does say is you show me an athletic team that is not looking at every angle and right. getting ahead and winning, and I'll show you a loser.
1: When I was uh, when I was in high school, there was a guy um, that I went to school with. His name is Gary Locke, great wide receiver for Glendale. He wore te- tearaway jerseys. He was a great receiver, but you know those jerseys that if if a oh. defender grabbed onto yeah. the jersey, it just it was yeah, gone. No,
2: that on. was allowed. Yeah, yeah. it was. And,
1: and the the Glendale team was known for casting up too, putting casts on their players at that time. So I mean it. it and John and I have coached, and we've looked at mm-hmm. teams in Little League that are you know trying to get an edge. Whichever way that they can, Absolutely. But eventually you have to be a leader of men. Have to you be a leader of people. Leader yes. of you know. It's all about integrity at some point. Yeah, it is. And when you look at Coach K, he has a lot of integrity. Whether his hand was in the cookie jar or not, I'm sure, sure. that it probably was over the years. But UNLV. he's got that reputation of integrity, and I think that when you look at the guys that are at the top of the heap right now. And I'm, Beheim had some other issues. He was—he's a guy that I left out, but he's had other issues too. Does that make a statement about where we're at in college athletics?
2: No, because it's going on forever. And is it right? No, it probably isn't right. If you lived in a plu perfect society, it's, uh, Andrew. Buck- Andrew Buckminder, Buckbinder, yeah. yep. <laughs> on, on TV, I'll get some grief about that. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, but it's—it's it's human nature to try to. Use your ingenuity and your best abilities to get ahead and win mm-hmm. because we are a winning society. Does it necessarily condone what they do? No. And they really can't condone it if they get caught. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim <laughs> Jim Beheim, Jim Beheim's an outstanding coach. Yes. He's a very good X's and O's coach. He succeeded Roy Danforth at Syracuse, who was also a great X's and O's coach. Soshefsky, same situation. Uh-huh. The ones who don't win are the ones who don't deserve to win. They don't know what they're doing out there, and there are a multitude of them.
1: Yes. What's the guy? I can't think of it. uh Tom, Tom Pl- at Michigan. Um, Izzo? Tom Izzo. He's another great that's coach. Oh, my gosh, Michigan, Michigan State. State. He'd, yeah. he'd be up in that echelon for a, me as well. A great coach there. Mm-hmm. So I guess there's some names that we still look at as guys with integrity that Wait. are still at the John, top. John, the John
2: Wooden. John, John Wooden at UCLA. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I'm
1: talking about guys that are actually coaching right now but, and, and yeah. trying to look at the comparison of what we're losing to what we're being left
2: but, with. But, Joe, that's not – To me, anyway, that's relatively recent history, what UCLA did, 10 of 12 national championships. How do you achieve that? Well, John Wooden was Mr. Grandfather out there coaching. He did not have great success in his first years. He was at Indiana State. That's where he got his education, came out there and took the UCLA program. They weren't great to begin with. Then gradually they built the program up and You saw what happened. Ten national championships in 12 years. How did he do that? Did he bend the rules? How do you get a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? How do you get a Bill Walton, a Uh Sidney Wicks, some of these great players who performed out there? Did you have to bend the rules? It it doesn't necessarily work both ways. You're out there to
3: win. Right. And around the topic of bending the rules, let me just make this analogy, too. I can't imagine how much people would be up in arms if... Say we look at a company like Amazon, a multi-billion dollar company that rakes in money. And what they did is they paid all of their workers the complete minimum wage with no benefits. (laughs) That's what the NCAA is right now. Until athletes are compensated for this multi-billion dollar enterprise, you're going to see improper benefits being given out.
1: Well, Amazon paid, I think it was zero dollars. And federal taxes, and that's right. That's a whole nother issue. But that's, I mean, we, we got an army of accountants looking at every tax code mm-hmm. and being able to go, well, I can do this, or I can do, mm-hmm. we can do this, and then you know get it down to zero. Right. When I had to pay. Me
3: too. <laughs> no kind of I know. Yeah. Yeah. She it's every walk of life. There are ways around it, but we're not going to see coaches or organizations with clean records until that's amended for the NCAA.
2: There are ways around not paying your taxes. I need to listen to some of them. <laughs> We need to hire an
1: army of accountants. How about that? That's which, the best. Which,
2: benefit. in fact, will pay for the taxes. You-
1: <laughs> exactly. You're just keeping all the money in-house rather than giving it to the government. You're listening to Ned Talk. We're on 104.7 The K. We're talking about all sorts of sports things. So hang around with us.
0: You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network.
1: Hello. How are you? Hope you're having
0: a good Sunday.
1: Joe Weston with Ned Reynolds, Josh Roberts, John Oliver. We're talking sports. We talked about Coach K. Let's talk about what's going on in the rest of the sports. Let's start with the French Open because you're a big tennis guy. I play am. play tennis.
2: And and the guy who is uh, my icon, my the guy I root for. You're not supposed to do that in the media, but... I love Roger Federer Mm -hmm. playing. He turns 40, I think, in in a couple of weeks. Had this monstrous match last night into the early morning hours of today. And he won the thing and then withdrew. He said, nope, I'm not going to be able to do this uh, on a consistent basis. Now, he is playing clay where he's not... Really at his best. But you have Wimbledon coming up here in another couple, uh, well, about a month and a half or so, and I think he wants to be in that and as well as the U.S. Open. And his knee may not be back in uh, in great shape. The other one's Serena Williams. Speaking of not in great shape, and she gets beaten in the fourth round at the French Open. So uh, two of the icons, the biggest names in the game, are now out of it. It, it leads you to believe, too, that the the parity in tennis is is reaching a certain point now, and unfortunately for us, it's more on an international basis than it is uh, the domestic level of tennis. I, th- I feel like that's fallen off a little bit because of the uh, the various focus that we have on other sports. Mm-hmm. But it's still a, such a great game, and these are these are two of the iconic athletes.
1: Yeah, it's hard to get behind and root for a tennis player. There's there's not the upper level that there once was in tennis, Uh and and I think Federer and that group of guys are kind of the the last line for that.
2: Well, you do have uh, uh, Djokovic, who is uh, Uh in and of himself a very, very fine, well, he's the number one player in the world. He can still do it. Rafael Nadal can. These are guys who are still in their early 30s, and here's Mm -hmm. Federer, who is 40, and it does catch up with you after a while. Mm -hmm. I admit there was a time when I could tell you
3: that the top ten men and women's tennis players. Well, good for you. any time, but that hasn't <laughs> been for many years because it seems like there is a lot of parity. Ned, you don't have the ones that are dominating. You don't have the same, you know, semifinals every tournament like we used to. It see. It
2: used to be that way. That's mm-hmm. exactly why right. you had the Andre Agassiz in there wow. and uh, the kid from UCLA who was so very good. You just had, mm-hmm. you just had very fine. Regiment of players who were on there, but that regiment has uh, since begun to dissolve a little bit. And I think a lot of it's because of our focuses on on other sports. Right.
1: I think you remember back at the Macabre board, Connors days and even oh my uh, gosh. Chris Everett and, and the women's league? Martina yeah. Navratilova and yes. people like that. Steffi and you Glass.
2: know, that was Steffi Graf is another one. Steffi um, Graf is, is Chris Everett. I can't, can't think of his name.
1: What's his name from um, Pete Sampras? Not Sampras, but the guy from. Um, from Germany, I can't oh
3: remember. Boris Becker, Boris, Boris Becker, Becker. Becker, yeah, oh, so Boris Becker. Jimmy Connors. If we're going back a little way, Michael Chang. Chang, yeah,
1: Michael Chang.
3: I, I mean, mean, these are all superb tennis players. And they are
2: also living very well too, because yes, they a lot are. Of have parlayed that <laughs> tennis career into teaching and yes. professional aspects of things. Mm-hmm. Chang, I think Chang is the coach at uh, maybe UCLA, if I'm not mistaken, or one of. the one of the coaches, one of the college coaches out there and does a very good job Had championship-level teams. And the ladies, same thing with the ladies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steffi, of course, is married to Andre Agassi, yeah. and they, they live out in Vegas, and oh, I think yeah. they probably live very well out in Vegas. Oh, I'm sure they do. <laughs> Martina Hingis, Chris Everett. I mean. they, yeah, Ever Everett is... Um, on the air here. Mm-hmm. And Hingis, I think it went back to her native land. I think well, Croatia, if I'm not mistaken. And Chris Everett
1: family. was an awesome quarterback for the Rams, too, at one time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> take uh, it very easy. Good. Very nice, good. nice Jim Rome reference uh, there, uh, huh? Oof. Yeah, remember that? Say that one
3: more time, I'll come across the table, Jim. And he did.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny. Who hasn't wanted to go across the table at Jim Rome? Uh-huh.
2: Very few. Very right. few people. Has, He's calmed down a little he bit. Has. But, he has. But his initial take on doing things, I don't agree with no. that, that policy of doing, of mm-hmm. raising hell and carrying on and, and irritating people. Right. Just does not work. What we see from guys like Colin, Colin
3: Cowherd now. is another one, yeah. Take, mm-hmm. who will have a completely different opinion week to week. Just
1: well, to it's just, it, that's just kind of the, the the nature of the beast. It with, is the way that it is. With some, it is. Yeah. With some. With most.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I disagree I don't
1: So, think so and some NFL news Julio Jones looks mm-hmm. like he is going to be traded And the rumor is the Titans Will get Julio Jones Ned what do you think about that? Well
2: it certainly helps Tennessee I'm anxious to see Now that has to be a trade That's not a free agency uh, circumstance I'm anxious to see what they what they give up Mm-hmm. Uh, to get Jones. I'm quite sure that's why the Chiefs did not get into any extensive negotiations on him because they have to give up a lot. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, they have a pretty good receiving core on their own. But with Tennessee, I think that's a very good fit. It yes. also makes them it, assuming that Julio Jones can still play at the same mm-hmm. level that he has. What's he been in the league now? Four years? four or five. Uh, years? Jones has been in the league about eight years, I Is think. Is it that long yeah. now? Yeah. He's been here a while. Well, okay. That Can he sustain mm-hmm. that kind of professional level that he's played and and the kind of all-star level that he's played if he can big get for tennessee i think it's a bigger award
3: you know get for them i mean you look at of course derrick henry goes without saying he's the number one rusher why in is it
2: both these guys are alabama right.
3: what is <laughs> <laughs> but yeah pairing aj brown is a very talented receiver for the titans pairing him with another weapon like julio jones it has the potential to be a pretty devastating offense it for does. them.
4: Who's their quarterback?
3: Uh, Ryan Tannehill.
4: Oh. <laughs> uh,
2: now, now, see, you, you cast doubts about uh, Tannehill, but uh, he can play. He can. Given an offensive line, he's mm-hmm. as good as any of the other quarterbacks, and all he has to do is get the ball to those guys. Do right. they
1: have an offensive line?
2: That's just it. <laughs> he has he has to, to be seen. Do they have an offensive
1: line? They have a pretty decent one, I thought, last season. That yeah. was one of their strong points. Well, it did well. Hmm. We haven't heard anything about Aaron Rodgers yet. Apparently, this is a Mexican standoff, more yeah, or less, right, yeah, to Rodgers. A
2: little bit, a little bit. And a story came out today that the Packers are trying to smooth things over. Now, we've talked about this as recent, or as far back, I should say, as about a month and a half ago. I'm of the opinion that he won't leave. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I've said that before. He's going to stay with the Packers, number one, because to... To deal him, you have to trade him and trade a huge contract. Yeah. Who's going to do that, number one? And number two, is this really nothing more than a personality conflict with one of the key individuals? You can have those things in life. We all do somewhere along the line. Hey, you get that smoothed over, this guy's still pretty doggone good. And uh, he can play the game, and he will make the Packers. I say he stays.
3: This is going to be an unpopular opinion, I think, especially with younger listeners and younger sports fans.
1: There are none, so don't worry about that. <laughs> are there any? Hurry I, uh,
3: <laughs> you know, we talked about the transfer portal earlier, Ned, and then I see situations like Aaron Rodgers, and I see situations like James Harden in the NBA. I guess I come from the school of thought. If you sign a contract, you need to fulfill that contract. Uh, you know, I can't, I can't tell my job tomorrow that I am uh, holding out until another company bids for my services and they need to meet my demands. So I think at some point we sports in general, we've gotten away from what I consider loyalty to a lot of these situations. And I think I think contracts are contracts. I mean, we don't how many times now do we see a person fulfill their contract
1: well in the nfl a contract is no more than a piece it's just a piece of paper right i mean it's nothing i mean mm-hmm. patrick mahomes signed that contract with the chiefs and everybody goes wow you know half a billion dollars look at this blah, blah, wah if something happens to him tomorrow it's gone he doesn't get the money right he gets. I mean, he's got he's got a lot of money. Don't weep for him right. by any stretch of imagination. But don't look at players and say they're the problem with this. When it's on both sides that this oh, I'm happens, not, I'm not putting the and owners no in the There's no loyalty in sports. You well, forget that.
3: And I think that's the problem with it trickling down to the NCAA because we're already instilling that. Oh, I don't. You know, I'm scoring 16 points a game, but this other guy's playing ahead of me. I'm going into the transfer portal. Yeah, no, I, I just I don't like that. It's taking your ball and
2: going home. I'm I'm right with you. I don't like it either. I am going to debate that now. With every circumstance, there is an exception. Mm-hmm. I think the loyalty has gone, but there is one exception, and I love this Yadier Molina. Oh my gosh, the longest yeah. longest serving catcher in baseball history, mm-hmm. playing with the same team, and that says that says to me an awful lot. Because you know what he did this year. He signed a one-year contract for $9 million. $9 million, that's a lot of money. I don't give a damn what anybody sends, a lot of money. But compared to what some of these others are making, it's peanuts. And yet he wanted to fulfill his role with the Cardinals. Right. I love that. Generally speaking, though, you guys are absolutely right. There is that, that loyalty factor is gone. Yeah. There's a
1: lot of bean counters on both sides, too, that sit and look at that, and they mm-hmm. go... Well, I can make 9 million dollars with the Cardinals and then I can make x number of dollars marketing, uh-huh. which is and which is the same thing when you see a team hold on to an older player. I mean, one of the reasons why I think there was a uh, There's a lot of ego. Oh, am I? I'm going to expose something here, guys. There's a lot of ego in sports. I know if you guys were were aware of that. Unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of ego in sports, and it happens at all levels with managers and general managers Mm -hmm. and stuff. And there was a time in my favorite team's organization when one of the biggest egos was Brian Cashman. Oh, he didn't didn't like Derek Jeter. Mm -hmm. He wanted to let Derek Jeter go, but they looked at the dollars that he brings into the club Mm -hmm. just by being Derek Jeter. Right. And then they start to weigh that out and go, OK, we can make this amount of money off of him and pay him this much. And we're still coming out ahead.
3: And here's something that doesn't get brought up enough in situations. You brought up Yadier, Molina, Ned. People, will, I think, you know, your layman fan doesn't realize the behind the scenes on that. I hear comments like, well, if Molina really wanted to play for the Cardinals, he'd take $500,000. he has got enough money. People have to realize the players association in all of these sports will not allow that to happen. Yeah, not. You have to set a minimum salary. Otherwise, you're handcuffing other people because it's a negotiating co- or a tactic for those teams. OK, so you, J- JT Riamulto, you want $10 million a year? Molina signed for $500,000. we are not going to do that.
2: So it's all a Big, big, big give and take. It is, and you're absolutely right. The Players Association, under under the guise of being the overall governing agency, which they are for the players, really does operate that way. That's, they control a lot of what those players are getting paid. That's 100% correct.
1: Yeah, well, and Scott Boris does too. Well,
2: <laughs> well, yeah, the agency, Let's yeah. not talk about Scott he, Boris. He <laughs> denied the agent. Uh, do you guys remember the, the, I think it was Major League... Where the uh, guy's walking down. I loved it. It's a great scene. The manager forgotten the actor's name now and the pitcher well i don't have to do that it's not in my contract Said, oh. like, let me see it he grabs the contract and you know yeah. what he did on that Urinates contract. on it well, that's yeah. just, that's if you, that's how it if
1: you ever watch the los angeles angels of california and anaheim play and notice in the background they have they have seat they have field level seats and scott boris is always okay. oh, yes, oh yes always standing behind home plate we're gonna talk. Uh, I, what were we talking about before we went on the air? Well, what was that? We had a really great conversation before we went on the air, and oh, all we were all, talking
3: about the Bob Brindley situation.
1: Bob Brindley? Uh, no, we we're talking about something we're, else. We're, not, something we're else. not gonna go there. Okay. We're not gonna go there. But we're, we'll we'll have a great conversation. So we want you to stick around. <laughs> I've stumped I've stumped three people at once, including myself in that group. So it's Ned Talk and one or The Gave.
0: You're listening to Ned Talk. On 104.7, The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7, The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network.
1: We remembered. We came up with what our roundtable discussion will be. It's about... uh Athletics and crowd interaction. But I first wanted to talk about this story really quick. And I I do have to pass along a thank you to Mike Schilt. Because he is the one that has caused this probably to happen with his dirty little secret press conference. Oh, no. Players are now going to be pitchers will now be checked twice during the course of a start for foreign substances while they pitch. So Major League Baseball is going to
2: try to police this action. Your thoughts, Ned? Going on for years, guys. Going on for years. It's all what we talked about earlier. It's that finite way of finding the winning edge. Uh, Is it legal? Of course not. I remember the first interview I had at uh, KY3 54 years ago with the great Elwin Preacher Rowe from West Plains. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sports Illustrated the year before had done an article on how the ball... He had doctored the ball, and I said, hey, Preacher, is, is, did that happen? Oh, of course it happened. Said, <laughs> and he talked about how he'd take his fingernails and uh, groove the baseball yep. for yeah, the relief in. pitcher coming in. Hey, it, there, the, it happens. Uh-huh. Now, has, does baseball have to crack down on it? Probably, but how long will that crack down last? Who knows? Not very. Not, not
1: this is going to go the same route as the batters getting in the box and hitting that they were supposed to police a few years back and they have not really policed that much. Yep, this so you don't idiotic see them. Don't hunt. you ever see them tell them to get in the box anymore? You did that first season, but yeah, Let's, this is kind of strange. Well, I mean, we've never had a problem with this. Let's start measuring
3: and where the pine tar ends on the bat. I've never seen anything bad come out of that.
1: <laughs> well, George you know, th- you know the reason why that rules in place, don't you? The Twins owner was notoriously cheap, okay? Uh-huh. So he said Pintar had to be a certain distance on the bat because too much of it was getting on the balls and he couldn't reuse the balls. Oh, my gosh. That's the reason why that rule's in place. Pintar doesn't do anything to help you hit. It does nothing
2: no. does nothing to accelerate the ball or anything no. like that. This so is,
1: I feel like yeah. this
4: is a result of the hitting not being as prevalent as the as Major League Baseball wants it to be this season, yep. they're blaming it on something, and it's oh well, the pitchers are doctoring the ball, so we got to crack down on that, so that they can't doctor the ball anymore, so that we get more home runs and more base hits and more high scoring games.
1: I'm going to pull a, uh, a John Oliver, and so this is not going to sit very well with the younger viewers out there. But mm-hmm. I love a well pitched game. I do too. They go, do I? they go they go by really quickly, yeah. and when you see a guy that's really on. It's there's nothing better in
3: baseball. I don't want to see 4.5 ERAs winning the Cy Young. I yeah. think you have to help both sides, and I'm tired of this rallying cry. Anytime offense is down, why can't it just be pitching is better this year? Yeah. I mean, come because on. Because chicks
4: dig the long ball. Well, them. I
3: know. Yeah, thanks, pragmatics, But <laughs> still, I, I'm, I, I know I have a pitcher's mentality when I talk about this, and I just, I cannot... Fathom them checking twice a game. I think players. that every Cardinals pitcher should be checked
1: at least four times oh, during dude, a game because <laughs> Mike Schilt has caused this situation. I think every inning. Are they going to go through a... their hair because a lot of them put it
3: right. in their hair? You
1: see
2: well, them, and that's you know, all go you're f- going
3: to see when they check them. They're just going to hide it better.
2: I mean, yeah. come on. So the pitcher the other day, was it yesterday or the day before, uh, a pitcher had these long decorated dreadlocks? <laughs> Don't you know he had Vaseline on the? End? Oh, He's reaching back there all the time. Yeah. And, well, come on. One
3: of my favorite things, Ned, and you're seeing it in college, and now you're seeing the major leagues. There are certain pitchers now that will, before they throw a baseball, they will rub their fingers on their wrist and the palm of their glove. And the only reason they're doing it is to make the hitter think they're putting something on the ball. <laughs> it's to get in their head. Sure. Well, they are putting something well, on then, the ball. And yeah, and but I'm saying it, the they are. Yeah. Guys that aren't are doing it.
1: Yeah. I mean, just to it, try to get in their head. It's, you know, scuffing's where I draw the line at because that's where, sure. you know, that's where you put a mark on the ball. You get your fingernail in I mean, there. You're altering the ball at you're that You're altering point. the ball at that point. But as far as putting something on the ball, I just, you know, what's the big deal? Let's, that let's, let's just move on with something. Stupid All right. witch hunt. We talked about this before we went on the air and we thought it was a really good conversation. So we thought we'd share it with you guys. It's about athletics and, uh, you know, we're, we saw an event... Uh, that happened where, I guess in Philly, where a player was assaulted with popcorn. Come on. and <laughs> popcorn. And there was an article in USA Today that said, well, this is, a, a you know, part of our, the downfall of our society. <laughs> but this has gone on for years.
2: Many, many years. And in Philadelphia forever. Right, oh, Philadelphia, gosh. I, I mean, it's, it's now that, again, don't understand, I'm not condoning that sort of thing, but my gosh. Uh, I was there, guys, you always hear about people being there. I was there the day that Santa Claus was booed. (laughs) <laughs> and people are throwing snowballs. It's late late game. Philadelphia's way out of the <laughs> National Football League playoff scene and all that. And the fans are in an ugly mood to begin with, which they usually are. Right. And I told you guys about my relative who was involved in the battery throwing at, Drew, at J.D. Drew when he was a company. Hey, it, people, it isn't to be condoned, no. But is it the downfall of society? Hell no. It's been going on forever.
1: In Philadelphia, there was a guy at the Constitutional Convention that yelled at John Hancock. You exactly. call that a signature? <laughs> right. And then threw beer on him. Yeah. So exactly. I mean in Philly it happens. But it, I mean it happens everywhere. Everywhere. I mean everywhere. you happen I mean it, it happens at Yankee Stadium. It happens in Boston. It happens, you know, these are places that Philly's got a bad rap. I I will grant it that but this is something that's gone on for years in sports. They it's just are part of it. Rabid it
2: fans. There are fans who want yes. their team to win that the the incident in Washington Uh, where the the kid trying to run on the court and the security guard tackled him. Come on, it goes on all the time. But but my favorite part of that, it was the announcer describing it on TV. Yeah, Yeah. doing the play-by-play. says, uh, whoa, boy, the Redskins could really, oh, I can't say that.
3: (laughs) No, this is another one of those things. You've got to draw the line somewhere on what you want sports to be. For fans to be involved, as I'm looking at the women's softball game we're watching right now, Major League baseball softball <laughs> I having think, I don't know We you should have admitted to that. Well, <laughs> you know. We're changing the channel back. So, way. uh we uh, you know, we installed these nets to prevent injuries. And this isn't going to be a popular opinion either. Basically to help people who aren't paying attention to the game and who are on their cell phones. I see what it is. I'm going to be honest when I say that. <clears throat> so, here's what you can do if the players don't want popcorn thrown on them, then you've got to block off the fans with plexiglass like they do in hockey. If you don't want to hear taunts from the fans, find another occupation because that is going to be there forever. And you as a professional need to be able to keep your cool. If it's severe, go to one of the security personnel and have the fan removed. Don't interact back and forth with them. Don't take matters into your own hands. It's simple common sense that is not being used at this stage.
4: Well, I also think it's it's adrenaline and it's uh, uh, heat of the moment. Machismo. And, yeah, and machismo yeah. and bravado. I mean, you know, the, the whole popcorn thing cracks me up because I, <laughs> we were talking, you know, when the U.S. men's, uh, soccer team goes to play in Mexico at the Estadio Azteca, the fans throw bags of urine at them. Yes. Gross. Urine, not popcorn. So, come on. <laughs> Popcorn's not going to hurt anybody. Well, beer's commonly thrown in sports absolutely, all the time. Again, as Ned said, I don't
3: condone this, but it's been going on for a long time, and there have been ugly, ugly situations with it. If you go back to when Roger Maris was in the home run chase, the big doll of the babe being thrown and then the seat following being thrown onto the field where they had to delay a game.
2: Those sort of things have happened. How about the incident with the Dallas Mavericks? About I'm going to say eight or nine or ten years ago, had a little confrontation with the referee and the players, and the owner Mark yes. Cuban marks out on the court. Mm-hmm. Come on, people! Inexcusable. It is.
1: I That's will. I'll. I'll say this. It's part of what we love and hate about sports. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we see, you know, last year, KU had a big fight on the court and it was it was a really unpleasant thing. But there's a part of us that loves that kind of interaction of sports. I mean, some of my favorite stories from baseball from growing up are George Brett, Craig Nettles going at each other. Mm -hmm. Carlton Fisk Uh and Thurman Munson. Absolutely. Throwing down when the teams just did not like each other. I mean, it was they can say it. But they probably go to dinner, a lot of them, these days. Oh, of course. In those yeah. days, they didn't. No. They just they no. didn't like each other. And I, I think that's part of the sport that we enjoy. It creates more conversation. Mm-hmm.
2: It is called the passion of what the athletic event is all about. And that is how you perceive any kind of sports. Mm-hmm. If the athletes don't have that passion then why should the fans have exactly? Uh, and vice versa works. If the fans have it, the athletes are going to pick mm-hmm. up for it. That's how athletics is generated. That's what it's all about. Does it mean you misbehave? Of course not. No. But is it going to happen? Yes. And does it represent the degradation of our society? <laughs> what a lot of balderdash. No, That's no. media stuff. Any of-
1: We've talked about this before, too. I mean, sports has a way of policing itself. Yes. Fans have a way of policing themselves. If they you do. said somebody said that's that's out of control, mm-hmm. then report them.
2: And Get them out of there. It, it yeah. happened in, I think, two years ago, any, one of the major NCAA events where some fans, an absolute knucklehead, mm. is sitting there with one of those uh, oh, la- laser, laser lights and, bl- oh. and blinking. Well, hell, when they stopped the game to find out, those... Him, him, yeah. right there. And they pointed yeah. him out and he got rid of guy. And so that we don't put the, all of the players
3: at fault on this, a lot of people are going to be too young to remember these situations, but what about when Rick Monday? ran and saved the flag from being burned. What about Jim Rice when the small child was beamed with a line drive in the yep. stands, he picked the child up and ran them to medical personnel. Right. Yeah, right. There are situations where players go above and beyond to protect the fans.
1: It's There's there's knuckleheads on both sides. Absolutely. I mean, it, and, and, and anytime you get a large group of people together, I mean, we've been to concerts, we've been to, <laughs> I've been to movies where people acted like a yes. knucklehead.
3: Yes, I have too.
1: Anytime that there's adult beverages involved, too. Gosh, that equals knucklehead every time. I mean, really, just something out of control. (laughs) For the the amateur, maybe. For the amateur. Well, we'll wrap up our Ned Talk and talk about what we're going to watch this afternoon in sports right here on
0: 104.7 The Cave. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network.
1: You know we're on the air, by the way.
2: Yeah, we are. I'm talking about the, the I had the great pleasure of broadcasting or telecasting. A record-setting performance last night. I can't tell you how thrilled we are. <laughs> did you go see Herschel Walker? Herschel Walker?
1: Yeah.
3: yeah in oh, I didn't know he was in town.
1: Yeah, he was in town uh, Friday night.
2: Did not know that.
1: I thought for sure. I had a couple of buddies who went. I thought for sure I should say hi to Ned while you're there. What was he here for? Just giving a, just giving a talk. Oh, okay. really? You guys have to talk into the microphone while you do the show, too, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> that helps. It does <laughs> help. It does help. <laughs> help. That is, so, it does yeah, Herschel Walker was no, here. I had no
2: idea he was here.
1: One of the guys went, Michael Vincent, wants me to remind you, he still would like a Reds card from you.
2: If, if I have
1: one. If you have one. You mm. The reason very much I might like not
2: have one is most of them got destroyed.
1: Mm. I know. That's that's a national tragedy right it there. Is. It is a national mm. tragedy. Mm. So what are you going to watch uh, in sports this afternoon, Ed? Or well, just, I would uh, watch
2: the Cardinals if I had them on my system, but I do not. So I'll have to use
1: gosh my darn it. cell phone. Here. Can't we get this fixed, somebody, no, out there in no, Fox no, no, Sports no, 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 no. Midwest? I'm not
2: sure I want it fixed. <laughs> uh, probably... Uh, um, maybe watch a little bit of the activities, but I have some uh, some work to do outside today, assuming the weather's going to be all right.
1: You're a gardener guy, aren't you? Oh,
2: yeah, absolutely. For flowers, not vegetables.
1: Okay. What about you, John? Are you a gardener guy?
3: Uh, no. <laughs> no, not at all. So, yeah, I'll probably I'll probably take it easy. As you said, it's hard to watch the Cardinals game. I might listen. Um, Hope they... Stop dropping like flies, and I'll just pr- pretty much take
1: it easy today, Joe. Yeah, what about you, Josh? Are you going hockey. to t- hockey? Yeah, is, is hockey still going yeah, the on Oh yeah, that's swing. right. My
4: Montreal Canadiens are up two games to none on the uh, Winnipeg Jets, and now they got two at least two or three games in
1: Montreal. So I'm hoping they sweep. That should be nice. Patrick Mahomes. I uh, just want to mention this too before we uh, wrap up today's show. It has apparently. Done well from his surgery with Turf Toe and uh, plans on being back. And he's talking about a 20-0 and season.
2: His fondest desire is an undefeated season, which is just really not very realistic at all. But it's you know nice to talk yeah. about and not impossible. Sure. But I do, I, I wonder a little bit about that. The, uh, the chief's coming on so strong about how well he's recovered from his injury. Mm-hmm. Guys, this was a significant... Anytime you have surgery on a turf toe, that is a significant circumstance. Mm-hmm. Please, Patrick, don't come back too no. fast. Take it easy. Make sure that the, the toe is healed completely. Have mm-hmm. the orthopedic surgeons looking it over. He comes back too strong and does that again. Oh, my. We're going to be able to uh,
1: ask questions about that to uh, Mitch Holtis yes. coming up
2: here very shortly. July 22nd is when Holtis will be here. We'll have it uh, at the Riff, and uh, it'll it'll be it'll be fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, Mike, the intern, will be there, uh, yours truly, and uh, Art Haynes will be there as well. well it, it's not a speech. He comes in, Holtis, and, and he's very, very good at this. Uh, the riff is the little adjunct to rock coffee or mm-hmm. when-
1: classic, rock yes, coffee. classic rock coffee,
2: coffee. Uh-huh. and it's the auditorium now. It's very nice. It, uh, they can probably get one hundred fifty, two hundred people in there. It's very uh-huh. good. Acoustics are great. Small stage. Uh, and uh, Mitch sits up there. He's flanked by either one of us, and we pelt him with questions. He doesn't know what we're going to ask him, nice. and he's very good at freelancing. And he will. He'll talk. He'll give his uh, discussion for about. Oh, 35, 40 minutes, somewhere around there. It's a very good session. And, yeah, the public's invited. We'd love yeah. to have you all down. There.
1: Yeah, I think tickets are, are they on sale? Or I would give you all the information for this, but my computer crapped out on me. <laughs> Uh, Just as we were starting to talk about this, so I turned it over to Ned really quickly and said, Ned, what do you know about this? And um, I still don't have the information, but you can find out information about it online at 1047thecave.com. I've been to, uh, I think, three of these now, Mm -hmm. and uh, they're a lot of fun. And Mitch Holtis knows more about the Chiefs than just about anybody outside of Andy Reid. And he can just the thing that amazed me is that somebody could ask, "Well, what about the the, you know, the third string linebacker that came out of Bowling Green University in 20 minutes worth of information mm-hmm. that you're just blown away by because he knows what he's talking about. The events a lot of fun, so again, find all the information online at 1047 com. Listen to Ned Reynolds tomorrow morning right here on 104.7 the cave with Mike the intern. John, will you be back with us next week? I will be. All right. John will be back with us. Josh cannot be with us no, next week. No, I'll be week. here
4: next week. Will you be here next week? Yes, it'll be the week after that I can't make
1: it. Okay. Well, John, you'll be here for the next two weeks. Jake will be with us in a couple of weeks. It's Ned Talk. Everybody have a great Sunday. And if you're just tuning in, wanting your crazy rock and roll music, you can listen to us as a podcast <laughs> online <laughs> through 1047thecave.com or on the Cave app, or wherever you get your podcast at. Thanks to Scott Meyer, Mike the Intern, Corbin Campbell, we'll see you next week.